Walnut News Digest, 18th of August 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the Sirius Corporation pays lip service to protecting the Alliance from Thargoids. Professor Palin gives us his thoughts on Thargoids. The Fargod cult gains a new enemy. The very first green gas giant is rediscovered after seven years down the back of the sofa. And Commander Alec Turner finds something silly to do with unclassified relics. The Sirius Corporation plans to build more megaships like the Oath of Tyndarius, following its spectacular success in HIP 22460 last week. Admittedly, the Oath of Tyndarius is now a smoking wreck, smeared with toxic green Thargoid goop. But Sirius feels like the best thing it can do for the Alliance is to build some more like that, with experimental AX weaponry welded onto the hull of an old freighter. The intention is that these lightweight megaships will become the operational hubs for engaging Thargoids that attack Alliance space. The Thargoids, if HIP 22460 is an accurate predictor, will cut through these new megaships like caustic corrosion cuts through the lightweight alloy hull of a Sidewinder. Sirius has asked for contributions of energy grid assemblies, magnetic emitter coils, power transfer buses and titanium to be dropped off at the Chariot of Rhea in Leasty, claiming slightly misleadingly that those who help will be rewarded. In fact, there are concerns that Sirius may be pocketing a large proportion of the payment it receives from the Alliance to provide anti-Xeno protection. The Chariot of Rhea is offering less for energy grid assemblies than George Lucas Station in the same system. It's likely that Sirius will be shamed into increasing the amount it's willing to pay, but its contribution to the safety of the Alliance seems half-hearted at best. The only Sirius Corporation megaship that went anywhere near the battle in HIP 22460 has returned to the Alliance Arimpox system, carrying the few survivors from the Alliance Defence Force fleet. No Sirius ships took part in the battle. A leading expert in Thargoids has warned that Salvation's attempt to wipe out Thargoids in HIP 22460 means that the Thargoids no longer view humans as minor pests. They view us as a threat. But he still has hope for our future relations with them. Professor Ishmael Palin is perhaps the galaxy's foremost authority on Thargoids and Thargoid technology. He took a close interest in the first discoveries of Thargoid sensors in the Pleiades in September 3301. Coming from a federal background, he left the Homeland Scientific Council to lead a research project. He objected to the secrecy the Federation tried to impose on his research, and other organisations also seemed to have objections to his openness. It is believed that Salvation's Black Flight mercenaries may have been behind the kidnapping of the Professor in early 3302, possibly in an attempt to prevent him from publishing his findings. He developed the early versions of corrosion-resistant cargo racks to further his research. Now, staunchly independent, Palin moved his research centre from the Pleiades to the Alliance system of ARC in 3305. It was the Palin Research Institute that suggested that Thargoids might live a nomadic lifestyle in huge hive ships, 
something that old and previously secret Inra and Azimuth biochemicals documents now seemed to bear out. Following the victory of the Thargoids in HIP 22460, Professor Palin has committed his thoughts to paper for the Empirical Journal of Science. Palin is keen that we should not think of the Thargoids as mindless insects. He insists that they are a species of enormous intelligence and complexity, but acknowledges that we have little or no understanding of what it is to be a Thargoid, what their society is like and what they're striving to achieve. What makes a Thargoid happy? We just don't know. Despite Professor Albertezro's efforts at Aegis Research, we have almost completely failed to communicate with them. We know that they have sophisticated technology that can rip a human spacecraft out of hyperspace for inspection. And we know that Thargoids are not hostile unless they detect hostility or Guardian technology, which they despise, or the human ship fails to drop cargo as requested. And although we do not understand their language, it is clear when they're waiting for cargo to be abandoned. They are like border guards, checking our suitcases. Thargoids are willing to fight if they need to, a trait they have in common with humans. They harvest meta-alloys and they collect escape pods. They have existed for millions of years longer than we have and are likely to be far more sophisticated and technologically advanced. They may be advanced to a point that we simply don't recognise their capabilities. Palin is unwilling to use the unverified accounts of Inra and Azimuth research about the anatomy of Thargoids. Until we have peer-reviewed evidence, he says, we cannot know for sure whether the Thargoids are one with their ships or if they fly them from inside, like a human pilot. Palin wonders whether the Thargoids experience space-time in a different way from humans. Perhaps their hostility at the Guardians is because they see the ancient conflict between the two alien species as an ongoing conflict. But now, with the firing of the Proteus wave, the second attempt by humanity to wipe out the Thargoids, the Thargoids that have been peacefully checking our cargo holds for the past few years, may now see us as an enemy worth paying attention to. Palin says that now, more than ever, we must seek to understand the Thargoids, not to treat them as a hostile swarm of insects, and to hope that they have the capacity to see beyond our actions in HIP 22460. Both Professor Palin and Ramtar, who is an expert on the Guardians, are keen to see further samples of the recently discovered unclassified relics, which appear to be Guardian Thargoid hybrid technology. The very first green gas giant has been rediscovered after being misplaced for seven years. Way back in May 3301, explorer Kelly Eldridge took a photo of a gas giant with bright green stripes. She described it as the strangest gas giant I've seen so far. On returning to the bubble, she retired from exploration. It was only much later that it was realised just how exceptionally rare green gas giants like this are. There are a few others, but Commander Eldridge's green gas giant was the first one ever discovered. Only Commander Eldridge couldn't remember where the gas giant was. 
there was just the one photo, some memories and a few handwritten journal entries that were at best vague on location. But this was a site of historic interest for explorers. They really wanted to know the location of the very first green gas giant. And so, earlier this year, they resolved to use a combination of deduction, sleuthing and brute force exploration to find the missing planet. Commander Richard Fleuranes organised the expedition called At the Eldridge Gate to coordinate the efforts. It was a group effort, with some commanders working on recreating the probable route of Commander Eldridge, while others pored over historical evidence for clues. Back in 3301, the discovery scanner was both more primitive and more powerful than what we have now. You could see a system map instantly without having to use the full system scanner, but you had to explicitly fly close to and scan every body, including the stars, to record that you'd discovered them. This meant that Commander Eldridge passed through many systems without leaving any record. Only neutron stars, which in 3301 were high-value items with universal cartographics, had her name on them. Knowing that Eldridge had stayed on the galactic plane, and knowing the approximate route, a line of tagged neutron stars was discovered. It then became a question of matching objects seen in the background of Commander Eldridge's historic photograph. The Lesser Magellanic Cloud gave an orientation, and the star density gave a rough idea of where along the route to look. And it was eventually a pattern of stars that looked similar to the Plough constellation that led Commander Orange, with an exclamation mark, to the correct system. He knew as soon as he jumped in that this must be the system. Just one discovered planet. A gas giant. After diligently scanning the entire system, Commander Orange was able to confirm, by taking a recreation of the original photograph from seven years ago, that this was in fact the original missing green gas giant of Commander Kelly Eldridge. Commander Orange has written a detailed account of the discovery, which is well worth reading. He describes the eerie calm of knowing that he was the first person to visit this special system for seven years. And now it's to be a party system. On Saturday the 20th of August, Commander Richard Fleurans, the organiser of the expedition, is throwing a party in the system. Shaolai DL-P D5-274 on the closest moon of the newly rediscovered green gas giant. Details are available from the Independent Explorers Association. You never know, perhaps one day there'll be a tourist beacon. The Anti-Zeno Initiative, an organisation dedicated to showing the Thargoids just how aggressive humanity can be in defending the human-occupied territories that in the past few years have been taken from the Thargoids. He's not best pleased with the Thargoid cult's declaration of delight in the total rout of humanity from the HIP-22460 system after Salvation's Proteus wave backfired. The people of the Thargoid religious sect anticipate with a mixture of delight and resignation what they see as the inevitable elimination of humanity from the galaxy at the hands of their dark deity, the Thargod, and his angels of doom, the Thargoids. They are, or rather were, split into three branches in three megaships based on their expectations for the afterlife, 
The sacrosanct contained the upper echelons of the cult, those who believed that the Far God would turn them into Thargoids, and that they would outlast the premature heat death of the galaxy. It was blown up by the NMLA last year with the loss of everyone on board, and there was no record of Thargoid angels spiralling out of the debris, so they were probably disappointed. The Perdition contains the gloomy nihilists that make up the bulk of the cult, who hope for nothing more than a swift, painless annihilation at the hands, or perhaps tentacles, of their god. And the Testament contains the Latter-day Saint equivalents of the Far God religion, endlessly cheerful, well-dressed young missionaries recruiting novices to a belief system that declares everything is pointless, and you might as well just hang around on street corners waiting for the end of the universe. It is the testament that now has a new and more focused version of the cult on board, the True Chapters, and it is the first apostle, possibly the leader, of the True Chapters who expressed such delight in the success of the Thargoid angels in defeating the untrustworthy and blasphemous humans. By an accident of flight schedules, the Perdition was in the Merope system this week, and the AXI took it upon themselves to welcome the Perdition to Thargoid hunting territory with an impressive display of AX weaponry. The peaceful and fatalistic folk of the Perdition took their punishment without retaliation, and have since moved to Pleiades Sector AB-W B2-4, the site of the first crashed Thargoid interceptor discovered by Noctrak and Ihazovich. But for now, all they're going to see through the portholes of the Perdition is an impressive barrage of flat cannon and signs reading Get Off Our Lawn and Traitors to Humanity Not Welcome Here. After hearing about the million credits Professor Palin is offering for the new green unclassified relics, which are made by burning blue guardian relics in a Thargoid device, Commander Alec Turner, who claims he learned everything he knows from Ghost Giraffe, decided to hand a shipload of these relics over to Professor Palin in person. He was hoping for a handshake, a slap on the back, and a well done, you furthered the cause of science more than you could ever imagine. But Palin failed to appear for the promised appointment. That's just so like folk with flashy titles, isn't it? So, Commander Turner was left with a pile of unclassified relics, which the down-with-the-kids folk variously call grelics, trelics, or even garlics. He managed to sell most of them to someone he met at the bar for an incredible profit, or so he says. And he used one to propose to a hapless pilot he happened to meet. The unsolved mystery is why did he park his SRV on top of the concourse? And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. <laughs> 